mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to Off Air. Uh, it's Thursday. I'm Jane Garvey. And it's Thursday. I'm Fee Glover. Good. Well, it's good. I like the fact that radio presenters back in the day, Chris Tarrant was always one for this. Most of his links just consisted of the date and the day. I loved Chris Tarrant. I, I won't did you? Hear, I, never I got did. That. I never got When that. I first moved to London, hearing Capital uh, just made me feel like I'd made a leap into a glamorous urban existence that Where I didn't you? think was humanly possible. Uh, at the time, I was living in Earl's Court. Right. It wasn't well, bad. No, no, it wasn't bad. But his kind of energy, and because they always used to say, didn't they, they, they were broadcasting from the top of the tower. I thought, that was great as well. What tower? I don't know. The Capital Radio Tower is probably only about eight floors. <laughs> but it just sounded so dynamic, Jane. Right. Well, I wouldn't know about dynamic, as I continue to prove. Uh, now, um, we had an interesting programme today. I thought there was a really properly interesting conversation with the lady from the charity that specialises in helping care leavers and young people in care uh, and she was talking about the John Lewis ad and it's easy to mock the big superstore Christmas ads isn't it but this one is properly moving. It's very moving so it details a foster family trying to get ready for the arrival of uh, their it's, it's Ellie, isn't it? A young girl, yeah. A teenager who's coming to live with them. And, I mean, it is beautiful. I didn't cry at it, but you know what? I did know before I saw the ad what it was going to be about, so oh. I'm not sure that I had kind of... Uh, I had a bit of inside knowledge on that. But it did make you well up, and that's very, very hard to do. And all credit to John Lewis for not doing anything to do with product, actually, at all. It's just to do with message. I think there is a glimpse somewhere in one of the scenes of a John Lewis teddy. Yeah, but other than but that... It's not saying come into the shop and buy stuff, though, is it? No, but I think they rather hope that they'll be talked about. Yes, Which, and they hope that people will. But look, we are. Yes, that's true. Um, right. <laughs> I'm very conscious because we're talking in front of live microphones, which is kind of what we're paid to do on a day when David Walliams talking in front of a microphone has been in the news. And you You're just obsessed have to, with David Walliams. You just have to be aware, don't you, that sometimes... If you're going to speak in front of a microphone, David, he's learnt his lesson, I hope. Watch what you say. You're not going to say anything. 
ever. Claudia Hammond was our big guest on our show uh, today. We can't say big show because that was Steve Wright. And although he's not doing it anymore, I don't think we can claim oh, it quite look, yet. look, I've got a King Charles ink incident with my pen. Well, don't get petulant with my me. My pen! I'm not one my of your people. My stinky pen! Well... That's not my problem. Oh, that's terrible, Jane. I've got to go and do something proper tonight. That's never going to come off. Oh, you'll be greeting people with a clammy, inky handshake. Oh, dear, I look like I've come out of They might think six. it's some sort of Masonic thing. Don't worry okay. about it. Uh, OK, so our big guest today was Claudia Hammond. Um, and she's very interesting. She's a, a psychologist. She's a science journalist and a broadcaster. And she does... Uh, what's the programme on Radio 4 that she does? All in the All Mind. All in the Mind. All in the Mind, yeah. And she's also done a lot of work on kindness, hasn't she? Yes, so her book is called The Keys to Kindness and in it she examines seven different mechanisms to unlock kindness and her basic premise is that if we just embrace kindness in a different way, didn't see it as a kind of, I don't know, slightly soft skill, then the world would be a much better place. Yeah, so this was a piece of research um, that we did with my colleagues at the University of Sussex with psychologists and um, it was an online study where people we asked people questions like what was the last kind thing that somebody did for you and what was the last kind thing that you did for somebody else and um, we looked at personality and we looked at all sorts of different factors to try to get to the bottom of of what kindness is really and so then in in my new book the keys to kindness then I look at the, the the seven keys basically to how we can be kinder and how we can be kind in a way that isn't soft, but that makes a difference. Mm. So kindness does get a bit of a bad rap. It's seen as a, a slightly kind of weak skill, a soft skill, just an emotional thing to do. But your whole point is that it's just far more fierce than that, isn't it? Yeah, I think it can be. So I, ca- I take quite a, a muscular approach to kindness. You know, I don't think it has to be something soft. It doesn't just mean being sort of nice and weedy and letting everyone else walk all over you. It can mean... Um, it can mean hard things. I mean, it means everything from making people a cup of tea to saving someone's life uh, and doing something really heroic to save their life and everything in between, which can mean forgiving somebody, listening really properly when people talk to you and not looking over their shoulder to see who might be there who's more interesting. Um, and, uh, and maybe noticing when someone's left out or um, any of those sorts of things. It can be any of those. And it can make a real difference because it makes a difference to the receiver, obviously, but it also makes a difference to us. So I don't mind if people are kind, as long as it's authentic, if people are kind partly because of the benefits that are for them. Mm. Uh, Do we live in particularly unkind times? Is that why the whole kindness test was developed and thought about? Yeah, I mean, I started writing about kindness during the first lockdown of the pandemic was when I had the the idea for the book. And... um, And I thought at the time I noticed it because actually I noticed how kind people were being. So I think it can feel as if we're in a very unkind world. And it is true that two thirds of the people that we talked to, um, two thirds of the people who took part, thought that people had either become less kind or stayed the same during their lifetimes. But two thirds of people also thought that people became kinder as a result of the pandemic. And so I'm thinking if we've started this, we can harness that and carry on being kind to each other because... It doesn't feel like a very kind world at the moment. And if you look at the news, there are, you know, all sorts of terrible things going on. But in a way, cooperation is the thing that will solve those problems. And cooperation is about human relationships and human relationships are about kindness. And so we can make things not as hard. It's not going to solve the world's problems. Can you be kind if no one has ever shown you kindness? So I suppose I'm asking, how do you teach 
small children. I know you write about how incredibly horrible the average two-and-a-half-year-old or two-year-old can be. How do you teach children to show kindness to others? Yeah, it's interesting because in one way they're not that hard to teach because... It seems like we do want to be kind. So although toddlers will do horrible things and it will seem as if they're, you know, having a tantrum in the middle of the street and taking no notice at all of what you're of what you're doing and what anyone else thinks about it. And we know that at that age they don't know what other people think about it. Is that like, we know yet, that, do we? We that do they know don't that. Know. We know that they, they don't know what other people think. They don't have this thing called theory of mind. So they don't know what adults are thinking. However, it is almost as if they want to be kind. And so there are really lovely experiments and the videos of these are so sweet where they do things like they get an adult who's carrying a big pile of books and can't open a door and even two-year-olds often will open the door for them and then they get a toy they really like and they will put down the toy and open the door and then they get a toy they really like and put obstacles in their way and they will climb over the obstacles in order to do the kind thing and so in a way if you try and teach them kindness you are kind of knocking at an open door because we have evolved to be kind we have evolved to cooperate and in one way we want to be kind to each other uh, we just don't always do it in certain situations and actually to, to go back to the question i think i was originally attempting to to ask which was about how you teach kindness to someone who perhaps has never been shown it has grown up in a really horrible possibly abusive home yeah i think i mean one way is by showing them kindness we know that there is there's good evidence that kindness can be contagious and so if people are kind others will be kind to them too and by really listening um, to them and listening to what they say and really saying their point of view and, and by modeling it in a way is the best way of teaching people which is the way of teaching children as well by modeling them modeling it showing them your kind and that you do these things and that you take other people's uh, perspectives into consideration and, and always ask well what why are they doing that thing and I think if someone's mean it's worth thinking well what is going on for them why, why are they being mean in that way is is something else happening here because most of the time most people are trying their best obviously there's some you know cr really cruel things that go on but most people are trying their best most of the time what is the kindness twitch so I think what we should do is we should become kindness twitchers, if you like. So I think we should go around looking for kindness because the moment you start looking out for it, it is there. So on the way here on the train, I saw um, two different people carrying pushchairs, you know, up the stairs for people. And if you start looking out for it, there is kindness all around us all the time. So in the kindness test, we found that 49% of people had um, received an act of kindness within the previous day. And of those, a quarter of it was in the previous hour. So there are these kind acts happening all the time, but they're, they're not as salient because we know from loads of psychological research that we notice the negative things that go on much more. And we do need to, because you need to notice, you know, if a bear is about to chase you and kill you, it is helpful to notice that. So we notice the negative things. We know that if you get a crowd what of faces... did you come in on? <laughs> you know what it's like. Um, but on a, if you show people a load of faces and there's one angry person in a crowd, they can find that much faster than the happier person. So we're primed to spot the negative things. And inevitably, the news is full of negative things because that's what makes the news. We don't need to know that you know 20 people weren't murdered in Newcastle last night but we do need to know if they were so we, d we don't obviously you know hear all when nothing happens or when it's fine so if you start being a kindness twitcher you can start looking out for it yourself and then the world doesn't seem quite as bad if you start noticing nice things I mean there have even been experiments getting people to do kindness scrolling where instead of doom scrolling online where you look all day 
miserable things, you can deliberately look for kind things. Well, you know, um, it was Martin Lewis, wasn't it, years ago, the BBC newsreader, who said, and he got so much stick for it, who, he actually said there ought to be a special section, not an and finally, but a special happy news broadcast. And he was vilified, the poor man. I actually think that's probably, based on what you've just said, there's probably a really good case to do exactly that, isn't there? I mean, possibly. I think you could have some things kind. I think if you tried... There have been attempts to make sort of whole kind news bulletins. And, and there was a happy not, newspaper launch, there was, wasn't there, there after was, the pandemic? And they're not... They often tend to be... I mean, they're not as gripping as... <laughs> No. I'm afraid, as the terrible things that have happened. So, but I think there are ways of making space in your life to look for for the kind things that do happen and to notice them and to share them. I mean, one thing you can do is deliberately on social media stop rewarding people who are being argumentative and difficult and mean by even by arguing with them because that's still pushing them up. Is to reward the people who give a nuanced view and who are kind mm. and who are nice by following them, giving your attention to them. Why? Do women suffer so badly from being considered to be kind in a weak way? Is that always going to be with us? Haven't we made advances in equality to the point at which we shouldn't be attributing kindness only to one gender and seeing it as a bit of a kind of negative? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that's true. I think it is a shame when women sometimes are made to feel that if they're the kind one, then that's somehow weak, that they're the nice one. And, uh, you know, there's things like... There's a book called Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Office, you know, sort of implying that it's a real mistake to be nice at work and that no-one will notice. And, and I think it's true that if people hope to say, you know, really succeed and get promoted just by being nice and hope that will be noticed, then that won't, that won't be. But there is loads of evidence that um, kind leaders do better and are more successful. You can be kind and win, if you like, while still being kind to everybody else. And ethical leaders do can do really well. And if they, they set an example, which others then follow and they, they model that, then they then can end up with kinder organisations. And there's um, evidence showing that people will stay longer at those and not want to leave so much. You know, I think the whole sort of apprentice, you're fired, let's make it all tough idea really is out of date now. But, you see, you say that, but, you know, across the world, the leaders making the most noise, possibly leading the most people, uh, are not kind men. Yes, and that is true. And who would rather be, you know, you could be Trump or you could be Jacinda Ardern, and I know which one, you know, I'd rather be. Her popularity is slipping, though, isn't uh, it? Well, it is a bit, but she still is Prime Minister, and she still got in, even though she talks openly about kindness. And, you know, Gareth Southgate talks openly about kindness and kindness in a team, in, a, in what you'd think would be one of the most macho environments there is. So yeah. I, think, I think kindness might be getting rehabilitated and changing. Good point. Uh, let's hope you're right. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I was very interested in a comment you made earlier, and it's interesting in the book as well, about the link between bravery and kindness. Now, this is something that I'd like you just to expand on because I'm not sure I get it. Um, I know I'm not brave. I'm not physically brave, and I've been in situations where I could have done more to help other people and I was too busy worrying about myself. So does that make, what does that make me, a wimp or unkind or both? It probably makes you very normal in a way. Because oh, okay, I think it's a, it's a very common thing. So Because one of the things we found in the kindness test was that we asked people what was the barrier to them being kinder. Because I think lots of people want to be kinder. And it wasn't that people were mean and it wasn't that people didn't have time, although that came up. The main thing was that they thought they might be misinterpreted. And I think there's a real fear of embarrassment. There's a real fear that we might intervene and do the wrong thing yeah and I think that can stop people in an emergency but even in smaller things as well and I I find myself doing it all the time I think of myself as a kind of hesitant helper that after I've gone past I think oh what I could have done there was you know help and and, and do, do you this. revisit that whole scenario well now what I'm trying to do ever since I've read all the research on it what I've been trying to do is to not be a hesitant helper and to decide the worst that happens probably is that I'm a bit just a bit embarrassed because I've misunderstood and they didn't want any help and Okay. And of course, it's always good to ask people if they want help. You know, someone I know who's blind says he barely dares, you know, stop on a street corner because he gets dragged across the road and without without anyone asking. So obviously you need to ask people if they want help and not just force it on them. And is it really true that sometimes you can be cruel to be kind? I think so. I think being kind is actually really hard. So if you think of bosses and leaders, you could argue that you could just be kind and, you know, let everyone go off for the afternoon and do nothing. And you could do that every single afternoon, but that wouldn't be very kind because the work wouldn't get done and they would soon lose their jobs because things would all go downhill. And what if, say, a boss has got one person, and I'm sure none of us have ever experienced this, where they're not really doing any work and everyone else is doing it for them, but they're somehow getting away with it. I think it might be ringing a few bells for fee at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear a bell clanging, in fact. <laughs> Um, can we just talk, because you do give an example, we, we're not going to get you to name names, where you go to a couple of leaving dues of, of venerated colleagues, one of whom has a, a absolutely glittering send-off. Everyone is there. And then the other person, not so glittering, a fair number of people still turn up, though. And at the latter event, the person who's retiring or leaving is spoken about with great fondness. And at the first event, although everyone who's everyone is there, everybody's gathering in corners and saying... 
exactly. And I think there is a thing of which, you know, which do you want to be at the end of the day? Do, well, you, yeah. do you want your colleagues to remember you as the kind person or the cutthroat, you know, the really successful, and they were both successful, but the really successful um, cutthroat person? I think it would be so lovely to have people say, oh, well, actually, she, he was, was, was really kind. And, mm. and you can do that by doing really small things. They haven't got to be massive things. You know, you were talking about heroism. You can save people's lives, and that's great, and don't let me stop anyone doing that. But even the really small things of just noticing what some, that somebody might be a bit off today or, you know, literally the making people cups of tea or the just, the just noticing, using people's names, saying hello to people, saying goodbye to you. They're really small things that really make a, a difference. And they've done experiments where they, they got people, they did one at the um, headquarters of Coca-Cola in Madrid where they got a load of people and they told half of them that they were going to be doing some kind acts and they had to pick a day where they did five kind things for one of a list of ten people. And the ten people didn't know these were happening to them that they'd been told to. And then they looked at the end of the month for everyone's well-being. It had all gone up, the people who received the kindness and the people who gave the kindness. But um, a month on from that, the people who gave the kindness, their well-being levels were still higher. So they were actually gaining something out of the giving it as well. Okay. So in a way, that you know, there's not many downsides to it. Yeah, but even so, uh, there just seems to be... I mean, if we, we're entering a cost-of-living crisis, we're in very hard financial times, you know, people are up against it. If you're running a business, you know, you've got to have super fine margins, all of that kind of stuff. Is it sometimes fair to just, to just n- not be putting kindness first because you've just got to keep going? Is it sometimes a bit indulgent? Oh, I don't think it's indulgent. So I think, yes, people need to, they need to say, you know, if they're running their business, they need to keep it going, or it's going to then be unkind for those who work for them who are going to lose their jobs. But I think at the same time, it doesn't have to be something that's really time consuming, because it can just be saying hello to someone you know it can just be things like at the moment saying when things are difficult saying hello to somebody in your local shop as you're buying something you know talking to strangers there's lots of research showing that counts as as an act of kindness in a way you know talking to strangers just just trying to leave every situation a little better than when you arrived it hasn't got to be some some grand gesture and it hasn't got to be something indulgent Uh, what is the ruthless compassion institute and can we all join (laughs) such a great institute i mean is it a place ruthless (laughs) compassion institute i mean so so there's lots of studies on compassion and compassion is it is uh, in a way compassion's got a bit of a better reputation than kindness i think i think in a way it's a it's a better word well empathy's the buzzword and or empathy yeah and i think it's interesting that the research in this area in organization psychology is um instead called um they tend to call it ethical leadership rather than kind leadership and i think that is because too many people wouldn't like the idea of kind leadership because they would have this fear that it's soft which is is why i want to to rehabilitate that word but there's also really good research about self-compassion um and that um if you are compassionate towards yourself then um you are at less risk of developing a depression. You are, your mental health is likely to be better because sometimes we give ourselves a really hard time. You know, we say much meaner things to ourselves than we'd say to someone else. If, if we've made a mistake at work, we might be, really beat ourselves up for it. And if a friend had made the same mistake, you need to think, what would I say to a friend? You'd say, oh, well, you know, I'm sure you tried your best and, well, I'm sure you'll try not to do it again and these things happen and, you know, try and put it behind you. And yet we don't say that to ourselves, but, but we should be. Yes. And so, so, so there are places that are trying to teach people compassion. Have we got time just for a quick word on the whole, what was the old saying, never a borrower or a lender, 
be that, which I never totally understood. <laughs> I know but, what you mean about that phrase. Yeah, yeah I don't get it. Yeah. Um, don't get me, I started on cheap at half the price. I've never understood that. But um, <laughs> this, the idea that by being kind to somebody or by being generous, they then owe you and they actually resent that feeling. Yeah, yeah. That's real, isn't it? Yes, that is real. So in a way, you don't want to do something, you know, if you suddenly went and gave your all your neighbours bouquets of flowers every day, then they're going to feel a bit uncomfortable about this because they they have to do that in return. You know, what is this thing you're doing? It's over the top. So it needs to be authentic and the right kind of kindness at the right level, I'd say. God, this is complicated stuff, isn't it? It's easy <laughs> just it... to be mean, isn't it, Phil? <laughs> is it, <laughs> it changed? Uh, has it changed you, all of this studying of kindness? It's changed me in terms of this trying to be, trying not to be a hesitant helper and trying to think, yeah, I am going to look out for the moments when I can be kind. So the other day I was running along the street and I saw a driver trying to drive into a, uh, a garage and he, he paused and I didn't really see why he was pausing, what was going on. And I realised there was one of those electric bikes left lying, just lying across the pavement and I'd already run past when I noticed this and I thought I'll look stupid if I turn around and go back and then I thought or will I I'll turn around and go back I'm not going to see him again how stupid does that look he'd be pleased and he was and he was pleased yes he was pleased that was the award-winning science journalist and broadcaster Claudia Hammond and I thought she made some really interesting points we did get an email from a woman who was just angry that and I do get her point about this although it wasn't actually directly related to what we were talking about all those girls t-shirts that bang on about being kind kindness is cool yeah yep, that type just of stuff just be kind in pink lettering on t-shirts that are only ever well, I shouldn't say this really, more likely to be worn by girls than boys. And this particular mother did object to that whole business of girls and kindness being forever linked when young boys are not obliged, apparently, to be kind. Yeah. So Claudia Hammond wants to overturn some of those stereotypes in her book, which I really enjoyed reading. And it made me think about my own behaviour a lot by the end of it. So that's always a good thing, too. Uh, we also talked about a fantastic article uh, in the Saturday Times uh, this weekend, which is all about things that make you feel a bit ick, which is a term I hadn't heard before, but it's from Olivia Atwood. Atwood yeah. From you Love Island a, fame. She, well, she had a very, very brief stay in the jungle, but very brief, left yeah. after about 24 hours. And I just wanted to run some of these past you. Can I run these past you? These yeah, are table manners icks. So things that make you just go... Well, I will say yes if I do these things. Yes. Uh, describing fish as too fishy. No, I don't do that. Holding a fork like a spoon. No, not usually. Any conversation with a sommelier, but especially one in which you say, I know what I like. I definitely wouldn't do that. The face you make when you taste the wine. Don't know, because I never do. Eating chips with a fork. I do do that, and do I don't you? know what's wrong with it. What's wrong with that? <laughs> well, apparently it makes lots of people feel a little bit ick. Well, how else are you supposed to eat them? With your fingers? Waiting outside the restaurant rather than at the table if you're the first to arrive. Don't get that. Why I do, do that, do that all the time. I'm a bit nervous to go in and just plonk myself down if I've got other people to meet. I like to go into a place together, Jane. <laughs> I know. Cute woman. Uh, drinking a cocktail from one of those enormous orb goblets. Yeah, I don't like those. No, but I just love the phrase orb goblets. I'm going to go home and spend some quality time with my orb goblet collection yeah. tonight. I think that's great. Yes, there's also a very interesting interview in the Times Mag on Saturday with Anne Glen Connor, Lady Glen Connor, who's already written a really hugely successful memoir. But she, in her second book, goes into a bit more detail about the horrific uh, domestic abuse she was subjected to. And um, it is wonderful at the end of a very long life with a lot of tragedy in it. 
uh, this woman who's had immense privilege in her life as well as a lot of heartbreak has is just having a little bit of time in the sun isn't she which, she is which feels good and her, do you know what she's such a testament to listening to older people as well yeah because her life experiences go all the way through the darkness into the light uh you know she has um experienced really horrendous grief as well as horrendous abuse in her life but the story that she tells of the things that she knows there are really stories worth hearing worth understanding mm -hmm. you know i think she's amazing i'm glad that she's able to enjoy this bit of success yeah i hope she does enjoy yeah, it me too a couple of very quick emails thank you very much indeed for all of your emails sent to jane and fee at times.radio uh, this one from tessa said i just listened to the monty don episode which was hilarious my dog coincidentally called monty often performs his personal hygiene routine with great relish and much noise when I'm talking via Skype or on the phone. I have to excuse the revolting slurping sounds in the background. Apart from that, he is the most gorgeous greyhound. Uh, so glad to find the new podcast as I was a recent adopter of your last one and was gutted to find you were ending it so soon after I joined the club. Well, welcome aboard this one, especially if you've got a gorgeous greyhound. I find that Nancy doesn't do very much, that's my greyhound by the way, doesn't do very much hygiene, but she does, she does let rip uh, quite a few bottles and burps and sometimes it's been incredibly difficult to keep a straight face when I've been working from home on the Zoom doing a very very serious and important interview with somebody as this terrible smell wafts around the room so I sympathise Tessa I don't sympathise with Chris, who's listening in uh, New Zealand and is struggling with the time difference. Uh, Twice already this week I've woken in the wee small hours with first world problems on my mind. All the usual techniques to get back to sleep have been conveniently overlooked, but just knowing that you're out there means I've been powerless to resist reaching for the headphones to access your wit and wisdom. Not ideal, I know, but it sure beats counting sheep. So we're in New Zealand, live on the radio between four in the morning and six. That's bizarre. Chris, the only answer is to move to the UK. For <laughs> yeah, heaven's be, sake. Be sensible. Honestly, what's so difficult about that? Please read the one about alpacas. Oh, which is the one about alpacas? A friend of mine, says Anna, who recently went walking with alpacas, told me that like the, that like the two of you, alpacas always go to the toilet in the same spot. It's one of the reasons they, and presumably you, are well suited to visiting schools and care homes, etc. Very unlikely to wee on the carpet. Also, my friend was assured the alpacas were only liable to spit if you touch them in the wrong place. So again, similar to you two in that sense, I imagine. Right, thank you, Anna. <laughs> I feel that we've become slightly obsessed with the toilet procedures uh, and the, what should we call Monty's Ned? What was he? He was just giving us a masculine display uh, and maybe next week we'll try not to well, refer to the private parts of animals. That Mr Don is not exactly discouraging this because I've now started following him on Instagram, Monty that is, and Ned's bits were on display again today. <laughs> Put them away, Ned. A uh, long-time listener just says that um, they enjoyed my story about the sign that I put up in the ladies' toilets being taken down. At my last workplace, says Anonymous, I corrected a grammatical error on one of the signs on the backs of the doors in our loos by crossing out the offending word and replacing it with the correct one. A few days later, I was called to a meeting with my line manager who presented the sign, now removed from the door, and, de dem and demanded to know if I had defaced it. I had to own up to committing such a dreadful crime. A photo of the sign is attached. And our correspondent took exception to this sentence. 
There has been several complaints about the state these toilets are left in. There have been. That's what they corrected it to and they got into trouble. There was a story in the paper today about the, and it's a very serious uh, plaque that's been, yeah, I think it's a plaque. It's been put up in Swindon. Um, marking victims of COVID and those who helped to care for people with COVID in that area during the pandemic. But there's horrific grammatical errors all over the memorial and people are getting really, really twitchy about it. And I'm not surprised. There's a full stop where there shouldn't be and there's a, 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 not, a capital needs to be somewhere and there isn't one. And uh, so I, I, it, it's very frustrating. Anyway, Anonymous, thank you for being part of my very special club of people who make homemade lavatory behaviour signs and then get into trouble for doing so. A club that everyone wants to join. Well, it's it's exclusive. Yeah, yeah it really is. Right, have a lovely weekend, Garv. I'm sorry, I've made a terrible mess here in the studio. We've only been here a month and I've already really defaced it with a leaky biro. I can only apologise. Back on Monday, already looking forward to it. Oh, and as this is Thursday, we ought to remind you that there's also a bonus edition for Friday. And Uh, it's all football-related. Women talk sport. Yeah, women talking sport. Never catch on. You have been listening to Off Air with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover. Our Times radio producer is Rosie Cutler and the podcast executive producer is Ben Mitchell. Now you can listen to us on the free Times radio app or you can download every episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget that if you like what you heard and thought, hey, I want to listen to this but live. Uh, then you can, Monday to Thursday, 3 till 5 on Times Radio. Yeah. Embrace the live radio jeopardy. Thank you for listening and hope you can join us off air very soon. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.